Welcome to another episode of Axe of the Blood God, US Gamer's official RPG podcast, coming to you from E3 2018 in my hotel room right now. Um, <laughs> I'm talking to Nadia, who is safely ensconced on the, in the East Coast in her lovely home. Say hello, Nadia. Hello, everybody. I hope you're enjoying this E3 uh, cat. I'm glad to see you are alive and haven't been totally drained of your life essence yet. No, it's over. I, I I was drained of my life essence a long time ago. What may what is already dead may never die. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, yes, you're you're uh, quite lively for a dead person, though. Yes. Well, thank you. Uh, that's the nicest thing that anybody said to me all day. Oh, you deserve it. Anyway, as I mentioned, it is E3 right now. There's uh, we just got through the first weekend of press conferences. We saw EA Play. We saw Microsoft. We saw Square Enix and Bethesda. <laughs> There's a lot to cover, including the Elder Scrolls Six and Starfield reveals at the end of the Bethesda press conference yes and many many other things there's so much to talk about but I, th- I think the first thing we should talk about man that Square Enix press conference was a bit of a letdown wasn't it oh my goodness I'm a little bit irritated about that because um that was mostly trailers that we have seen for games that we knew what we know are coming out and if they had given us even a little bit of something new like say like a, a clip of Final Fantasy 7 remake that would be fine, but E3 is a three three people's time is very very valuable. Uh, if you're asking them to put aside the time to go see a press conference, maybe give them something new. Yeah, maybe. I was not expecting Final Fantasy VII remake at all. No, uh, but just an example, like something exciting. Like we did get a couple of new things, like the Quiet Man that I, I called him Gerard Way, just kind of beating up those people, minding their own business. That was a that was a moment. Yeah, Platinum's getting a new game. That's true. That is that is noteworthy. But a lot of the stuff we do know that is coming out, we don't really have information for, um, like for 2019 games, which stands to reason. But, uh, you know, it's just teasers of teasers, basically. Here's some totally unfounded speculation for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt was totally, un- uh, in a totally unfounded way, speculating that Sony looked at Microsoft and thought, man, we need a little more, and decided to go out and get, and basically ask Square Enix to hold off its bigger announcements until the Sony press conference, and that's why Square Enix's press conference seemed gutted. I don't think that's the case at all, but yeah. there's an optimistic point of view for you. Well, hell, you may as well hang on to that optimism before, we, I mean, for a little, a few hours longer, we've got Sony yeah. soon, so we'll find out. Uh, it strikes me as a bit of a missed opportunity, mostly to hype Kingdom Hearts 3. I thought I it was pretty strange that Kingdom Hearts 3 only got the same trailer that was shown at Microsoft, which at the end of the day, it was a nice trailer. It was cool. I don't so think it really was anything that we haven't already seen. Uh, I, I love that Ratatouille is going to be in Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool, but uh, you're absolutely right. Um, I would think that, see, Square Enix, even if they gave us a new Kingdom Hearts trailer and some more information about the game for their presser, that'd be fine. That'd be great. But they didn't. They gave us the same trailer we've seen three times. Kingdom Hearts 3 sure does look like Kingdom Hearts, doesn't it? <laughs> it is certainly the most Kingdom Hearts-ass game to Kingdom Hearts in the world. If you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, you just have to be over the moon because you're getting Kingdom Hearts with better graphics. It looks like a PS2 game. In HD. It really does. And that's okay. That's the way it wants to look. It, you're right in that, like, we're finally caught up with Toy Story's gra- <laughs> original yeah. graphics. Well, I-, I was reflecting, actually, that watching those trailers, I mean, 
they have what rapunzel which mm-hmm. by the way rapunzel most underrated disney movie yeah that, that was, was a great, great movie. that was a great goddamn movie it was so hilarious it and was. uh it, it works on it works on many levels though the fact that people play the marriage song the the i'm in love with you song <laughs> At their weddings. Um, <laughs> missing the point. A little, a little awkward given what <laughs> happens in the movie. <laughs> but um, And then also Frozen, of course, and Wreck-It Ralph. It strikes me that these CG, mo- these CG movies are a great fit for Toy Story because Toy Story looks like those games already. Yeah, uh, I feel like everything has kind of unified under one banner. Although... I'm thinking of something else in terms of like tra- changing the uh, the visuals for uh, for the game, but no, they, they it looks pretty. It all looks pretty unified. When Toy Story Two came out, or sorry, when Kingdom Hearts Two came out, I, I'm struggling to recall the movie the the movies that were around. But Pixar was in the midst of its renaissance, mm-hmm. but it was a very different. I, I would say it was still a very different time. I would say that the CG movie. Revolution was in full swing, but it wasn't, even then, it wasn't, I don't know, just the everything is this and that's just how it is kind yeah, of factor. Yeah, and things kind of still moved a little awkwardly. <laughs> yeah. It didn't feel like, like, Disney now was very is very different from Disney then. Because Absolutely. Disney in 2006, I feel like, was still trying, like, Pixar had really kind of come to the fore Mm-hmm. Over King, uh, over Disney, and I, I wish I had Matt Jay, who is Mr. Disney. I'm sure he could talk at length about this because <laughs> that'd this be great. Is to so about to. his wheelhouse, uh, go check out Talking Simpsons. By the way, he's really great in those. But yeah, uh, Disney in 2006, its animation department was very much struggling to keep up with Pixar. Mm-hmm. I, I remember the movies that were coming out from it just seemed like cut rate Pixar. But then. Uh, they unified the animation departments, bought Pixar, and uh, you know, you know, Rapunzel was the first of the like, oh wow, okay, like Disney, Disney is caught up now. Yeah, they did. They they really stepped their animation. They really stepped up their writing as well. I feel like Shrek was still a thing in two thousand six. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was. Shrek is still a thing for some reason. Millennials cannot get low, like go of Shrek. The original Shrek was fine. Oh yeah, it was fine. I remember. Uh, gosh, I remember when it first came out and seeing it in theaters. I mean, the original Shrek was very much a joke by a community kind of thing. Yeah, I, I remember reading about how basically the script was just sitting there and people would just roll in and drop in random jokes. Yeah, yeah, that is very much that kind of movie. It's it's still pretty hilarious. I've watched it a few times in, in recent years and been like, yeah, this still kind of holds up. Yeah, I mean, the original was fine. The the ones that followed were completely unnecessary, bleh, as per usual. <laughs> as per usual. As long as they don't put the freaking minions into Kingdom Hearts, I'm fine. Oh god, you know they're gonna do that someday. I don't need I don't need Sora to turn into a freaking minion. That would Oh my god, that that'd would, be terrifying. Don't even say uh, that. Yeah, don't even show don't even joke, man. <laughs> don't talk about that. <laughs> but yeah, I know Kingdom Hearts three will be fine. I know Katie's excited about it. It's she- coming out in January. Right in that window of hell, by the way, everything is coming out on February 22nd. That is hilarious, but I think, yeah, Kingdom Hearts comes first, but uh, yeah, February is going to be a monster for, like, R.I.P. everyone releasing a game in that month, and R.I.P. Mm-hmm. us who have to write guides for it and content. Mm-hmm. But getting back to my original point, I thought that they could have at least shown us uh, a new world, some yes. gameplay, whatever. Like, 
I would. I know that they want to give Shadow of the Tomb Raider a big push, mm-hmm. and maybe Kingdom Hearts Three gets its own trailer. I mean, Shadow of the Tomb Raider is coming out this year, if I recall correctly. I don't remember. Yeah, it I don't think, care to be honest. I, I'm not playing Shadows of the Tomb Raider. I do not care about no, Shadows I'm of not, the Tomb I'm Raider. No, I'm not playing it either because it's just I really can't stand the brutal violence. It's just so mm. it squicks me out so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Final Fantasy VII remake. As I said, wasn't expecting it. Dragon Quest XI got a nice new trailer. We did, and that was one thing that was very nice to see. It got a really nice long trailer, so they're trying hard to push that, and I'm very glad to see mm. that. And they're they're making the well, game look pretty good. Define pre- put. Define pushing hard because, I mean, it, at the end of the day, it was just a trailer. If they had, I don't know, Yuji Hori on the stream True. talking us through a one of the best parts of the gameplay and they put it front and center, I would say then they would be pushing hard. But at the end of the day, it was just a trailer. But still, I mean, still, yay, can, it's good Dragon Quest it. Eleven. Yay, it looks good and you're right. And who knows, maybe in the future we'll see Yuji Hori walking us through some stuff. That'd be kind of cool. I felt myself getting a little bit hyped up for it. I even thought briefly about buying that big old special collector's edition that I totally don't need. <laughs> I actually have the uh, collector's edition of Dragon Quest Heroes, the first one, which comes. Do you? Yeah, it comes with like a, a little treasure chest and a slime and everything. No, it's very. Cute. I would never. I would never get one of those for like a Muso game, but for a mainline Dragon Quest, I still have um, a really nice boxed copy of Dragon Quest Eight in my drawer. Oh, really? For the PS2. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. I'm, the only version I have is like uh, a used copy I bought like in the States one day. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to beat Dragon Quest Eight someday. <laughs> it's uh, I beat it on the 3DS, and it's, it's a pretty great game. Yeah, it is pretty great. But yeah, and nothing else to say about Square Enix, to be perfectly honest. Um, they're pushing their new uh, Don't Nod game, which looks like Doug. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It really He's does. like, ah, superhero using my imagination. I'm like, are you Quail Man? And I'll be honest, I was never a fan of Doug. I was more of a Hey Arnold kid. Why does everybody hate Doug? Doug he was Doug a was wiener. Fine. He was just like so... Uh. I guess I identified with the little wiener kid. <laughs> I was a wiener too, and I didn't identify with him. <laughs> it's cute. He, he, was, he was very anxious. He had a lot of anxiety. That's true. I was never a very anxious kid, so I guess I couldn't relate to that. I could relate to the anxiety, the constant, Aww. constant anxiety. <laughs> and they're pushing Shadows, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which, to be perfectly honest, um, is a game that probably is going to outsell uh, certainly Dragon Quest XI. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if it outsold Kingdom Hearts 3, to be perfectly honest. Oh, that's a that's an interesting uh, order. I guess we'll have to see about mm. that. But, it's just uh, more mainstream. It is very much more mainstream. And Tomb Raider, let's face it, is more relevant because Kingdom Hearts kind of ebbs and flows. Yeah, I, I think Kingdom Hearts 3 obviously has its crazy fans. The Disney fans will be nuts for it. It'll get a big media push and everything. I'm sure it'll do fine. But Shadow of the Tomb Raider is just the kind of stuff that all the plebs eat up. <laughs> we, we, You're not plebs, listeners. You're all great. Yeah. Moving on, EA showed Anthem, the new game by BioWare. Uh-huh. I came out of... The EA play just kind of reeling a little bit because oh, you were there. Yeah. on the one hand, when EA gets stuff right, they actually do really get things right. Uh-huh. Like I thought FIFA looked really good, for example. Uh, Battlefield 5 looks tremendous. Mm-hmm. I think Battlefield 5 is certainly on my list for best games of the show. Uh, Anthem, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a reminder that Bioware is no longer the Bioware that we knew. Uh, yeah, Bioware, 
Bioware as Bioware is dead. It's dead. I wonder if like if Anthem does well, maybe they can go back to being the Bioware that was Bioware. I don't no, know. No, you can't. You they've crossed the line, my they've friend. They crossed the line. They can't go back. It's over. They no, failed. once once you cross into that online platform, it, it's it's like heroin. It's too addictive. You see the numbers and the money, and then every game, every product after that is going to be like. So why can't that be more like Anthem? Well, why aren't you making do, Anthem too? Like... Shouldn't you be making more? Pro- shouldn't you be <laughs> Making more products for Anthem. True, they're gonna be have they're gonna have to support uh, Anthem for a very long time. Although, uh, didn't they do Old Republic and you know they kind of went back to Dragon Age and I don't know. Bio yeah, Wars but that was a different did. that was a different era. That's or you're talking about Star Wars: The Old Republic, the MMORPG. Yes. Even then, like, well, first of all, Tor wasn't as successful as anybody hoped. No, I don't think that's true because uh, Bioware, if anything, doesn't seem to know how to really run a game as a service because they were doing the whole storytelling hooks and they're mm-hmm. like well, you have like five different KOTOR games and one oh people want post game content oh that's a problem <laughs> <laughs> to keep an MMORPG going you need like people can't just finish the game and then be done with it of course of course right. so this is 2010 the doctors were still there different time different place this is a different Bioware I think that if Anthem, so I've had I've heard people say that if Anthem is success, successful, then Bioware will immediately spin up Dragon Age Four to full capacity and mm-hmm. start making, uh, start working on it, and it will eventually come out, and they'll have uh, new credibility perhaps. Um, yeah. And I hope that Anthem ends up saving Bioware, and if I, Bioware and if Anthem doesn't work out, then Bioware is done. Yeah, you've seen that comic, a G Papa EA, where we're we going. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the reason I was reeling a little bit, it was just, it, it just feels like Bioware is a different studio. Mm-hmm. It's a different studio than it was 10 years ago. One way or another, it's been assimilated into the EA hive mind. <laughs> well, all studios are kind of different studios than they were 10 years ago. I don't know about that. I, I think there are some studios that have very much stayed true to who they are. I, I was, I was being really mad because I was looking at Command and Conquer, and oh. I was just like, "No, no publisher disrespects its own history more than EA." Yeah, they're pretty good at that, aren't they? If they were, if they had any kind of vision or anything, they could have taken Ultima and totally turned it into The Witcher, mm-hmm. Witcher Three. Absolutely. Like, if they had any kind of vision, but they don't. They don't have any vision. No, they that... only they only have dollar signs in front of them. Yeah, they're. Very much like Konami in that regard, with uh, they just don't care about their history. Except they're not quite as bad as Konami, but they could they could reach for it if they really tried. At least Konami is like they're remastering Zone of the Enders, right? That's true. Yeah, it's. I mean, okay, I, I you can't really give Konami a free pass because they've discarded Castlevania, Gradius, to a they're kind of bastardizing Metal Gear. Oh God, are they? but. And so, like, yes, Konami is worse than EA. But I, as I was kind of writing on the site, I just think what EA is doing, it's just bad business. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. they have these recognizable games that have these recognizable names, and recognizable names are worth their weight in gold. They really, really and are. And they're doing, not only are they doing nothing with them, they're just throwing them away, you know? Yeah. And I look at... I, and as I was writing my article, I was like, EA is missing 
opportunities for easy wins. Mm-hmm. Exactly. In that, and when I say easy wins, I mean in the relative sense of game development. In that, cities, city skyline sold some three point five million copies as of early twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. And that should have been SimCity. Yeah, absolutely. This was, this was a game that just stepped into the void that was left by SimCity, which was a horrible reboot. Yes. That was bastardized by the need to try and turn it into some stupid online platform. And it was an utter flop. And then City Skylines stepped in and delivered what people actually wanted. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of that going around these days, isn't there? We have like uh, the new Bloodstained game, which is basically Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Skylines, as you say. You have, of course, we've talked about uh, Stardew Valley many, many times. Uh, it just seems to be a, people will fill the void if the companies won't. So, uh, yeah, even though they got the properties, they should be the ones doing it. But if they don't want to do it and they're going to sit on their ass, then let the fans do it. I, I know that game development is expensive and high risk, especially in the AAA space. But I, it's just remarkable to me how short-sighted EA is in the handling of their own games and the, the way that they approach it. And, yeah. But that's what happens when you put the sports guy, the guy who developed Ultimate Team, in charge of your company. <laughs> Why can't everything just... be sports? Come He's on, just trying to figure out how to turn everything into a stupid CCG game. Right, and well, to his credit, those make a, a, a ton of money. But as you've said, I'll take on a past show, it's absolutely not the same as... You can't do what you do to Star Wars. You can't, you know... You can't do the same thing to FIFA as you do Star Wars, basically. You're going to you're gonna piss off a lot of people. Getting back to Anthem, uh, there are people talking about how it's not going to have any PvP. I don't think it should have PvP. Right, we were talking about that yesterday. Um, I heard that there might be PvP in post-release, but there's no yeah. confirmation one way or the other. Yeah, not at launch, no. but perhaps later. And, you know, I'm sort of fine with that because Bioware, have, they've never done PvP. Mm-hmm. This is the first. This would be the first time that Bioware would be doing PvP, and PvP is hard. It is. Good PvP is hard. That's the key uh, right there, good PvP. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and... Destiny, I mean, PvP was in Bungie's blood. I yes, mean, kind of, yeah. They were a PvP uh, studio almost from the start. I mean, they were doing marathon and stuff and everything, and they told really great stories and like really provocative atmospheres. But Halo came out and made them a PvP mm-hmm. studio, a Absolutely. PvP shooter studio. Bioware's co-op. They always have been. Yeah, that's right. And of course, that's what Anthem is about. So I think you're right, and that doesn't really need PvP. I feel like Tor definitely had PvP. I was going to ask you if Tor had PvP, because I couldn't remember. I mean, it had to have, because it was different factions and everything. Jedi versus Jedi. Fight. But an MMORPG is a little bit different from a shooter, which is basically what Anthem is. It's yeah. Destiny with rocket packs. Destiny with... <laughs> somebody said Iron Man meets Destiny. It absolutely is, yes. Which doesn't sound so bad in my mind. It doesn't sound bad. The game itself looks kind of eh. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to sell a ton of copies. Yeah, it, it reminds me more of Monster Hunter than anything else, where you have that single-player hub, and then you go out into the world and do whatever with your pals. I mean, that was Destiny too. That's true. That's true. I mean, you had a hub... You would get your friends together. You would go out into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, as for, uh, but yeah, Monster Hunter did that extremely well. The reason Monster Hunter worked was because the moment-to-moment combat was really yes. satisfying and exciting. 
and taking down those monsters was hugely thrilling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And especially uh, in close quarters, which of course you have to do in Monster Hunter most of the time. That's a little more exciting to me, at least, than, than shooting from a distance with whatever you got. Yeah. I don't think, the, I think Mike said there wouldn't be any romances. Boo. Yeah, there's no romances, which I wrote a thing about the other day. I'm a little bit disappointed in that because talking about what Bioware specializes in, that's one thing they really specialize in. Why? I just don't understand why EA would hand a project like this to Bioware. It why is would a, EA, why it, is EA always chasing, I don't know, and Bioware, sorry. Bioware must have pitched this to EA. You think so? Well, I mean, they're under pressure to make money. Mm, that's true. That and is true. they were thinking, how can we make money? Yeah. Well, Anthem is a money made. Uh, Destiny is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a Destiny. They should still have romance, though. That, that would add a lot. People like romances. I think studios should play to their strengths and be them their best selves. That in an ideal world, yes, that would be that would be great. The second that you start chasing trends, mm. you are getting into trouble because you are just trying to be like everybody else. And maybe that's the the mainstream thing. Maybe that's the the quote unquote right approach. But you're also getting away from what made you great in the first place. Yeah, and the thing that yeah. made Bioware great was great storytelling, memorable characters, romance, usually interesting battle systems until mm-hmm. Dragon Age 2. <laughs> Sprawling Ooh. worlds. I I I feel like they're kind of missing the boat. Yeah, and it takes a long time to really build yourself up to be a specialist in any kind of field like that. So just kind of mm-hmm. veering all of a sudden off the trail and having to do something else. It's not that you can't. It's just that in an industry where everything has to be picture perfect from moment one I, yeah you're absolutely right when you say uh, Anthem is just not playing to Bioware's strengths and I, unfortunately I think that might show up in the final product even though I'm sure the final product will be fine but not you know as good as it could be even the shooting in Mass Effect was just okay <laughs> people exactly. played that game people played that game for the romances they, they, came, totally they played did. it for the alien sex you, well, you know what? Uh, if you read my thing from yesterday, I actually checked Archive of Our Own, and I just kind of looked at Female Shepherd times Garrus, right? And not only are there like 200 pages of fanfics about that pairing alone, but like they were being updated up to that minute that I checked. <laughs> so, <laughs> so people love that shit. Yeah, you can't make the robots have sex. You can't, you say? You can't have robots having sex. I mean, I'm oh, sure people are trying. <laughs> Look up whether they have like a uh, Gundam cross Ma cross pairings. <laughs> oh God, you know they do. I don't even have to look at that to tell you they do. The creepiest thing about Archive of Our Own is when people take real people and turn and start pairing them up, like sports stars and stuff. <laughs> people celebrities. Oh, when you get the I actually de- delved into a Backstreet Boys M Preg fanfic the other day because I just felt oh okay it. moving on. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! It was it was there. Oh. Right? All right, at Microsoft, uh, what did we get at Microsoft, Nadia? Oh, let's see. Is that where we first got our look at Fallout 76? We got our first look at Fallout 76. Yes, yes, yes we, we did. did. I think that's in my running for best trailer of the show. Yeah, that was a great trailer. I First of all, I, I've said this before, but anything that uses Country Rose is just like, okay, that's an instant win in my heart. Yeah, I I love a good, what was that, Bluegrass? Was that a Bluegrass song? I don't know if it counts as bluegrass, but it definitely has those that that spirit that of the Appalachians. Twang. Yeah, the, the the spirit of the Appalachians. And exactly. I, I find it interesting that Fallout seventy six went to West Virginia, where Fall, Far Cry five went to Montana. It feels like 
Mm. They're all trying to go. It's like, okay, we've done all the cities. Let's go rural. This is unexplored territory for us. Oh, but gosh, West Virginia, I've driven through it many, many times to go to North Carolina, which is where my husband is from, and it is just a gorgeous friggin' state. Holy moly. I'm never, I never fail to get blown away by how gorgeous it is. It's interesting because Fallout has traditionally been centered around cities. Yes. Um, I can't speak for Fallout 1 and 2. I, I don't think they were really centered entirely, completely around cities since I think Fallout 2 started in maybe Washington State. But Fallout 3, Fallout 4, Fallout New Vegas, certainly. I mean, mm-hmm. Las Vegas, Washington, D.C., and Boston. So it's an interesting turn for the series to go very rural. Yes. and uh, Yeah, I you were in that. the middle of the desert in Fallout, Fallout New Vegas, but you it was like New Vegas was still one of the big stars of the show. Right. So Fallout 76, I mean, but of course the point is it's rural because you're building stuff. Yeah, exactly. You're kind of reclaiming things at reclamation day quote unquote um but yeah i did kind of find it very interesting because when you exit the vault or at least the the footage that they showed us things didn't look too bad in terms of a nuclear wasteland <laughs> but as you say it's it pretty is, it, it is quite pretty to be honest with you and um it's something i've written about before about breath of the wild um if we are gone for that amount of time yes there might be radioactive fallout but humans being there gives nature a chance to really reclaim everything uh, that game is going to make so much money i'm kind of forward to it um i'm not looking forward to the idea that a a neighbor can nuke your house though i think that's crazy yeah why would you so okay people are taking it as fallout 76 will let your neighbors nuke each other and like that's the point they said (laughs) that the point of the nuking was to unearth valuable materials Mm, so it's the equivalent of planting a giant bomb underground and then having it explode and like all kinds of like diamonds and stuff like pop out but you just the earth just had a chance to hopefully clear out some of the fallout why would you renuke everything again that's, so that's a little weird isn't it is it's like strange. we're reclaiming the world by nuking it Woo! that sounds good well i'm sure they were like well nuking stuff is on brand well i mean everything there was, gets nuked i guess when you think about it uh in the 50s um they just didn't really realize how dangerous nuclear missiles were. It's just like, hey, let's test this without any sort of, like, you know, regulations or safety precautions. I'm sure it'll be fine. Well, a fallout takes place in the, like, deep, it's like 2077, or not 2077. It takes place in, like, the 22nd century, so it's not actually the 1950s. It's just That's true. kind so of the, retrofuturism. The, the whole attitude of, like, hey, mm. nuclear, everything is the future, and it's totally harmless, guys. No problem. But the upshot of all this is that it's a co-op game that you play with your friends and you're building stuff. And also uh, you can go out and get pictures of yourself taken and (laughs) using the new photo mode. And if it's done right and it's pretty, it's going to make so much money. I agree. And it's they said that it's four times bigger than uh, Mm. Fallout 4. That's pretty huge. Yeah, it's going to have different regions that each one that you can uh, reclaim. Yeah. So it sounds like you'll reclaim one world and you'll move into another. It actually kind of reminds me a little bit of State of Decay 2, mm-hmm. albeit perhaps with your friends, where <laughs> you're building up a kind of a settlement and everything. You're going out into the world and finding probably death claws, get, gathering materials, building things up, maybe nuking each other. I don't know. Yeah, so. with nukes. Uh, they mentioned that it will be an online game, but you can play solo, which is, I think, a relief to a lot of people. It's a, it's a huge relief to me, so I'm assuming that if... 
the neighbors do have a mind to nuke me, they can't if I'm playing solo. My recollection is that they said that it would have, they said that it would have um, quests and mm-hmm. things that you can do. So that's a relief. That's definitely something that I want. Uh, definitely something I want. I'm, I just want to know how robust the actual single player is going to actually be. Right. That's what I'm wondering myself as well. But settlements were always my favorite thing in Fallout. Fallout yeah. 4, certainly, as I was already saying. And I will at least give Fallout 76 a whirl and see how it goes. It, uh, one last observation. It, it definitely looks better than Fallout 4. They've really kicked up the yeah. engine a notch. Yeah, they mentioned that also with the uh, at the presentation, saying that they are, there's new lighting, new this and that. So they they have kicked things up a bit. Because I remember one big complaint about Fallout 4 when it was revealed was people saying, this doesn't look so good. And it looks fine, but... You know how people scrutinize trailers. So, uh, as long as we're on the subject of Bethesda, they also made a whole bunch of reveals on the Elder Scrolls front. Yes. Getting an Elder Scrolls mobile game, Nadia. And <laughs> oh I'm going to go on a limb and say that I bet that's going to be insanely popular. Oh, probably. Like they said at the presentation, Fallout Shelter is uh, insanely popular as it is. And I think you called uh, the new game Skyrim Shelter or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that was my first assumption was that it was going to be Skyrim Shelter. That would be kind of cool. But it's actually, actually first person. You're exploring dungeons and stuff. It's basically a new game. Yeah, and my phone's going to hate it. Like I have an iPhone 7 and it hates everything. Thanks Apple. That was that was really, really? good engineering. Yeah. My my well basically I went in to get an iPhone because my phone died. My iPhone 5 died suddenly mm. and the representative at Rogers was like just shut whatever you could at me and say, "Here you go, take this." And I'm like, "How much? It's free." Oh, oh, we can't lose there. So I took an iPhone 7. I have a success, and it still does okay. I don't know. For some reason, my 7 sucks ass. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. But I have uh, I have an iPad mini, which ultimately Perfect. isn't that great. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we'll see. It's the, the, the latest of the iPad minis. Right. And I will see if it ends up playing, if it's able to play the new Elder Scrolls game. Probably not. It's probably going to be optimized for whatever the new freaking yeah, phone is. Yeah, they're saying, like, optimized for, for they, they hinted that it's optimized for X or 10, whatever the hell it's called. I'm going to say that this is going to be enormously popular. Mm-hmm. It might not actually be that great, but Probably because not. it's an Elder Scrolls game on mobile, it's going to have some insane amount, like 20 million downloads. Yes. And it's going to make Bethesda so much money, and we're going to have all the guides on it, and those are going to do crazy good traffic. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to be like, I don't care about this game, but sh- 20 million other people sure do. Yeah, I can hear Tom swearing from here. He's our guy's guy. Yeah, our he's guys, our guy's guys. guy. Yes. Uh, they also showed Starfield, which is a game I actually am excited for, Nadia. I'm you, so excited for not Starfield. Do you know much about it? Other than what no, I know nothing about it. All I know is that it's in space and it's a Bethesda RPG. Come on. It's going to be will, good. I will be honest. I am interested because I think what they showed us was Europa, which is... Uh, a place I just want... Before I die, I want us to go to Europa. That's all I care about in outer space. So if it's an RPG near or on Europa, I am all over that. Why Europa? It's just so interesting. Is it icy? It's icy, but underneath, who knows what's under there, you know? It could be our best chance mm. for finding life. That or Titan Is there an Titan ocean school. there? There's an ocean underneath the ice. And just uh, there's been evidence of, like, carbon life based under uh, underneath uh, all that like ice. So... I just want them to go there and see what's there, and I don't care if it's micro. I don't care if it's bacteria. I don't care if it's sea monsters. I just want to, to see what it's all sea about. Sea monsters would be cool. They would be really cool. But there's also a lot of moons, to be honest, that are kind of like Europa. And Titan is a really interesting place. But maybe they'll go to Ganymede Titan as well. 
Ganymede's really interesting. Moons well, are cool. If, Beth- if Bethesda's smart, they'll basically do No Man's Sky, but instead of trying to make it across multiple systems, they'll confine it to one system. Yes. And it'll be good rather than bad. <laughs> That's all you have so to do, you'll Bethesda. To, you'll go to multiple worlds. You'll do, like, uh, it, it'll be, say, Fallout, but across multiple worlds. That would be interesting. That would be really interesting. And Each then world like... is a different, interesting thing to explore. And some will be extremely populated. Some will be extremely empty and mysterious and have lots of monsters. And you'll have a spaceship. That's Are you my talking prediction. about, like, procedurally generated, like, in the same way that No, no, go? it won't okay, be. Good. It'll be all bespoke. Okay, good, because that would be boring as hell. I'm yeah, sorry, I think guy. that's why I said it would be, if they're smart, they'll confine it to one system. Because yes. the second that you start doing procedurally generated anything, you're getting into boring territory. Yeah, you really are. But yeah. Um, what is I this? mean, half the fun of, imagine if the vaults in Fallout were procedurally generated. That'd be boring as hell. Oh, uh, yeah. Instead, every vault is not only its own thing, it has its own story. Yes. Like the most memorable aspects of Fallout are the vaults. Yeah. So if you can take the planets and make them essentially vaults writ large with their own history and their own lore and everything, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. And have the puppet planet, like Vault 77. <laughs> oh my god, that would be amazing. A puppet planet! <laughs> There's one person with puppets, and you just get the hell off that planet as fast as you can. You know, I like space. I'm sure that I'll have my own starship. Mm-hmm. Ugh. This is it? all predictions. I'm setting myself up for disappointment totally. But Probably. we've been waiting years and years for a Starfield reveal. I feel like this has been rumored since like 2015 or 2014. It's crazy. It's funny. I only started remembering it again. And people started talking about, uh, they thought for a long time that uh, Fallout 76 was going to be Fallout Starfall or something like that. <laughs> Fallout Skyfall, you mean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Fallout Starfall, so Fallout in space? I guess. I don't know. People were saying crazy mm. shit. I don't know. And, of course, the final reveal was Elder Scrolls Six. Yay! It's a 30-second teaser trailer, but it exists! Yay! My friend uh, actually replied to that because I put it on Facebook, and he's like, uh, yeah, that's basically a like, stock mountain image, the game, or something like that. <laughs> so, I, I, I really hope there's a frame-by-frame breakdown of, this, of the Elder Scrolls Six reveal. Mountains and mountains and more mountains. Oh, here's the building. I just want them to go to Black Marsh. I really hope they go to Black Marsh. Yes. So, uh, all in all, very strong press conference for Bethesda, I would say, because, I mean, Fallout 76 and Doom and Wolfenstein are all happening in the short term, and long term we have Starfield, or, yeah, Starfield, Starfield. and uh, Elder Scrolls Six to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, that's that's great stuff for Bethesda. Good yeah. on them. And it started with uh, Andrew W.K., so that's all right. Much better than Square Enix. Uh, yeah. It, it I, would even take, I would even take a, a freaking Elder Scrolls Six style teaser for ff7 remake just remind me that it exists and that it's coming someday (laughs) i would have appreciated that very much getting back to the microsoft press conference so yeah Fallout 76 was shown there but another little rpg was shown there a game that the new game by cd project red cyberpunk 2077 which i mean we were all waiting for that yeah so before i get to that I think the show was actually stolen by From Software's new game, Shadows Die Twice. Yeah, um, I'm still pretty new to From Software stuff because I'm still playing Dark Souls. But uh, yeah, so I can see why. I've heard a lot of people are excited about that. Like I've seen it on my Facebook and my uh, Twitter feed. It looks like Neo only good. (laughs) 
<laughs> but Neo had a guy who pulled a cat uh, out uh, of his, his tunic to, to look at the time. And before you get on the comments and start yelling at me and everything, Neo was cool. Don't get me wrong. It was funny. It, it was fun. It was interesting. The combat was good for the most part. But I feel like nin uh, the Ninja Gaiden team, the Team Ninja's limited resources were kind of on full display. It, was, mm -hmm. it wasn't an amazing looking game. I mean, it felt a little like a reskin Dark Souls, but with samurai stuff. <laughs> That's what I heard described as, and brutal as well. Yeah, so, okay. I mean, it added some things, but I really love that From Software is coming in and taking a crack at it. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that is a fun setting to play with. And even stuff, just looking at the trailer, like... Uh, the, the anime designs were already fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, the way uh, the, you, I saw a duel. That looked cool. I, I can't <laughs> wait for a duel. Uh, they did what they had to do, which is they showed lots of quick cuts of actual gameplay. Yes. They showed our uh, main character, and that's all we needed. It looks great. Yeah, it was a good trailer overall, and you're right. That's a that's really the composition of a good trailer, isn't it? To show us. A lot of gameplay, your quick cuts if, is fine, and just mm. give us a, a reason to be excited. And at this point, I trust From Software. Exactly. I just do. A decade after a decade of, I can't believe I'm saying this, but consistent quality, uh, three or four of the most acclaimed action games of the mm -hmm. decade. I mean, yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, let, I mean, I want to say let's hope so, but uh, I would I would bet on them. From Software is just good at what they do. And if it's half as good as Bloodborne, there you go, right? I mean, I just I really want them to do for samurai games what Bloodborne did for kind of a Victorian look. I really have to play Bloodborne. I'm playing Dark Souls right now, but like I, I really I would actually put aside Dark Souls and pick up Bloodborne. I might because I because... think Bloodborne would be more in your wheelhouse. Not yeah, even. yeah. I think you might be right. I really enjoy Bloodborne, but I also kind of miss having a a good like narrative behind it. I mm. don't know if Bloodborne does better. Bloodborne but... has a stronger narrative. It's still mysterious and murky, but the beautiful thing about Bloodborne is um, the atmosphere. Yes. And uh, the bosses are really great, too. There's some fantastic bat fights in Bloodborne. Now I want to go play it again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should. Maybe I should. But So I think that's an early contender, actually, for my game of the show. Oh, there you go. Nice yeah. Nicely done. Yeah, we should have coverage up for it tomorrow because we've seen it. Are you, has anyone playing it at the show, or is it not available? Uh, I don't know if it's going to be on the show floor, but it was shown as a demo. Right. And so you can look forward to our full impressions tomorrow. Hurum, hurum. And meanwhile, I feel like Sucker Punch is slapping their forehead and going, God damn it! <laughs> so you're the oh, ones shit. making Ghosts of Tsushima. Yes. And uh, th that's the other samurai game. And yeah, I think it'll ultimately be two very different games. But they're going to beg... Like, mm. you don't want to be compared in any way, shape, no. or form to From Software. You just don't because you're going to lose. You are going to lose. And we all know what happened even with, like, gosh, Overwatch versus Battleborn. Even though they're not quite the same, you know, Overwatch was always compared to Battleborn and Battleborn ultimately lost. Well, I mean, I think, like I said, Ghost of Tsushima is going to be a different game, but it's going to be an action game and it's going to be... Uh, it, it opens itself up to accusations of being shallow if it, mm. if it can't live up to what shadows of die twice does that's true so good luck to them i suppose <laughs> godspeed godspeed 
But getting back to Cyberpunk uh, 2077, William Gibson's favorite game. <laughs> oh, gosh, he said a thing, didn't he? Yeah, didn't you? You saw that tweet, right? Uh, William yeah. Gibson, who wrote Neuromancer and is generally kind of a cyberpunk pioneer, oof, said oof. that it looked generic. Ouchie, ouchie, ouch. Can you imagine? That's Poor brutal. Project. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that's a slap in the face, isn't it? Yeah, was it really necessary? I, I don't know this guy very well. Um, I don't read his stuff. I'm not huge into cyberpunk yet, but mm. I don't know. That seems kind of rude. I sp- I don't, but he's entitled to his opinions. Well, he's entitled to his opinions, but you give the game a little chance. It's not even out yet. I suppose. I, I mean, the the reason it looks the way it does is because it's being faithful to the tabletop game, which itself is is cyberpunk. I mean, yeah. what do you want? <laughs> exactly. What do you want? It is. It is what it is. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we didn't see a lot. Um, hopefully, we'll see. Well, I mean, we'll be seeing seeing more. I mean. Uh, CD Projekt will be showing it during E3. Did you uh, hear that the... I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that the uh, you know strings of nonsense letters at the start of that trailer, a lot of them were like actual codes for The Witcher 3. Really? Yeah, I didn't I didn't get to like grab any, but I'm just here. That's what I'm hearing. I mean, I liked a good DOS prompt. It kind of reminded me of... It reminded me of The Matrix, to be honest. It reminded me of like growing up with computers. My first computers. Yeah. If they can do Shadowrun... But it's in a beautiful mm. CD Projekt style world where, like, you're having hacking and everything. Cool. Yeah, I like that idea because I, even though I'm not really into Shadowrun, I like the idea of Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. So if they can pull that off, and I, I kind of like how bright everything is. I know it's supposed to be a sucky, awful world, but you know, sucky, awful worlds can be bright. Yeah, it's certainly brighter than Witcher 3, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel definitely. like they got really tired of grim Eastern European fantasy. <laughs> Like, we're going to neon this shit up right now. I think the thing that I'm most curious about is how the actual gameplay works. Yeah, we don't really know anything about that. We don't know anything about the gameplay. Is it going to be first person? Is it going to be third person? How does customization work? Is it going to be like Deus Ex? Mm. Another kind of cyberpunky, Blade Runner-y game? Uh, who knows, right? Yeah, yeah. But so, we'll find out. I'm sure we'll find out pretty soon. I guess when I saw that trailer... I mean, it's not much, right? I mean, no. all they really showed was various quick cuts to different parts of the world, and they had everything that you kind of expected. It started off in a subway train with people sitting in there. You saw, like, the bright pink mohawks and everything. Mm-hmm. Pull out. You see the big, grim, dark city. Uh, the main protagonist says, it, it's always been, like, the darkest world. or It's, like, it's the crappiest city in the America in the to live in. Yeah. And I, my first thought, I immediately thought of Bob Mackey, who always calls Youngstown, Ohio, the worst city in America. <laughs> I've never been there, but I'm going to take his word for it. I have no reason to go. Yeah. So I don't expect I will ever go to Youngstown. Sorry, Youngstown residents. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I know about Youngstown is Mark Daly, who was, quote unquote, the voice of Toronto. He came from Youngstown and he never went back, apparently. Well, yeah, I think a lot of people are like that. But this is a much larger city. And... We get various cuts to hologram kind of like strippers. Is that what it looked like? Yeah. And we saw somebody shooting a gun. (laughs) So there will be guns. Guns confirmed. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew in CD Projekt uh, Red's new game. Uh, Yeah. I kind of came out of it going, eh. Eh. Because, I mean, it's being faithful to the tabletop game. But is that necessarily a good thing? Because, I mean... It risks looking a little generic. Well, William Gibson doesn't think so. 
I mean, William Gibson said it was generic. That was, yeah. that was the point. That's, that's what, what I was that's what I mean. I was saying he doesn't think that it's a good idea. They just kind of stuck to those generic roots. Yeah. I, And then I was thinking back to what they've done in the past, you know, with Witcher. And it struck me that they have are basically working with established material, right? Which mm-hmm. is Polish, uh, well, first of all, fiction. Yeah. That was already written, but also Polish lore. And had and they brought a kind of a dark Eastern European style fantasy in Gothic fantasy into the mainstream. But at the end of the day, they were working with established stuff. They weren't really kind of establishing their own stuff. Like the character of a witcher was already kind of fully formed. Yeah, they were mostly they were mostly relying on they were mostly relying on established tropes. But it felt fresh because that stuff wasn't. That stuff isn't well known in the West. Exactly. Yeah, that was all very new to us. Cyberpunk is well known in the West. Yeah. Extremely so. And you just, you immediately risk comparisons to everything from Deus Ex to Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. And so... Shadowrun. <laughs> so, <laughs> Shadowrun, of course. And maybe you overcome that with great writing, which Cedar Project does, and great quest design and all of that good stuff. And But... I don't know. I came out of that trailer going, eh, it's, it's all right. Uh, I was much more struck by Shadows Die Twice. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's really one of those wait and see things. I suppose it is. All right, Nadia, we got two, so we got three more press conferences. Uh, so we got Ubisoft, um, they're going to be showing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which was uh-huh. confirmed. For everything I've heard about Assassin's Creed Odyssey, it's Witcher, but in ancient Greece. <laughs> yep. And that's cool. Yeah, that's that's one direction to go in. Yeah, they basically are abandoning the tired open world action games that were the previous Assassin's Creed games, turning them into RPGs, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, um, I mean, I haven't played Origins yet. I've, I've meant to, but I haven't gotten around to it. So yeah, I'd say play Odyssey actually. Yeah, I'll just everything wait I'm hearing about Odyssey suggests that it might be more in your wheelhouse than Origins. Yeah, I'm a little bit more into Greek mythology than Egyptian mythology anyway. I want it to be set in World War One. That would be amazing. Or a Napoleonic War. That'd be pretty cool too. But World War One, like, oh man, that'd be brutal. Yeah, I, I guess my history interests extend extend from roughly the 18th century to, uh, well, the present. Mm-hmm. And so ancient stuff is not super interesting to me. I I remember they did the Industrial Revolution actually, because that yeah, was Syndicate. That was, that was Syndicate. That was a good game. That's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah it was really so. it was overlooked because by that point Assassin's Creed had a bad reputation for being repetitive and and you know unfun. But so they really tried to to clean things up with Syndicate, and unfortunately it didn't take. So they just kind of gave the, the the franchise a rest after that and went back to it. But French, but and they already did the French Revolution and the American Revolution. But the problem was that the French Revolution and American Revolution games weren't any good. Yeah, I didn't play them. I really wanted Assassin's Creed Three to be good, and it wasn't. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. That's it's the worst one, in fact. In fact, it's the worst one in the series. Ooh, it's so ouch. frustrating to me. That would be... <laughs> and then there's Black Flag, but I don't care about pirates. <laughs> I really don't care about pirates. I'm sorry. And uh, the French Revolution one was apparently god-awful. I never played that one. Syndicate is apparently pretty good, but mm-hmm. I'm just not that interested in the Assassin's Creed style. So I want AC Origins or AC Odyssey, but in a time period that I'm actually interested in. Like, I don't know, World War One. Yeah. So, those that. are my thoughts. I'll give it a shot, though. AC Odyssey might ultimately be good. It probably will be, yeah. 
Yeah, Kratos, uh, Kratos left ancient Greece, and now Ubisoft's moving <laughs> in. Oh, this real estate's open. Great. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, i got to fill in a void, don't you? Yes. And Sony, what would be one thing you would want from Sony, Nadia? Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake trailer. <laughs> You're not going to get that. I know. Would you accept Shenmue that. 3? Uh, sure. I would take a Shenmue 3 trailer. Why the hell not? Um, I there like se- I like seeing them evolve. I, I don't... It's hard to say, like... I don't think we're going to actually get that many surprises at Sony. No, we're, we're not going to get too many surprises out of Sony. And, you know, from right out from my mouth, it's probably going to, like, no, not be the, cha- the case. But We're on yeah. the downside of the generation, and I yeah. feel like most are going to be teasing what's coming next or generally playing it safe with sequels and stuff. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I mean, we might get an HCD2 sequel uh, announcement, for example. But, I mean, you notice that Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six were both yeah. confirmed for next, next generation. generation. Yeah. Or, sorry, Starfield was. I don't think Elder oh, Scrolls Six was. But no, but Starfield I think definitely was. previous Todd Howard comments suggested that we were getting Fallout 76 and Starfield before Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah, I definitely got the impression that we were getting Elder Scrolls Six uh, much later. And the only reason we even heard anything from it is because I really think that if Bethesda was trying to get it to concentrate on Starfield and say, hey, look at this cool game we're making, everyone would be like, oh, where's Elder Scrolls Six? Excuse me. So they just said, I, hey, I only we're care about on Elder Scrolls Six. I just <laughs> want to play Skyrim on my refrigerator now. Which, by the way, that was a hilarious video. That was pretty great. That was hilarious. They had a really well produced. Deeply amusing, lots of on-point jokes with the uh, with the Alexa. We eat all the cheese. I eat all the cheese. <laughs> I like the Motorola pager, Skyrim. Yeah, that's no, that's, that's great stuff. Uh, Bethesda, being I, I appreciate a company that even if it's carefully calculated, uh, you got to be self-deprecating. You got to be self-aware. They really it's, are, yeah. It's the complete opposite of EA. Oh, absolutely. Where EA is the definition of not of lacking self-awareness. They just do not. They're not self-aware at all. They're not even self-aware to pre- enough to pretend to be self-aware. Yeah, and I love how uh, Howard's up there saying, uh, yeah, I heard our games have a few bugs. And I'm like, ha, 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 ha. He said it, even though his games are totally broken and we give them a pass anyway. Yes. I mean, his games are ambitious and interesting. That's they really why they are. Give him a free pass. That's we totally, why. That's totally the, why. They're, why are they enormously popular despite being buggy? Because they're interesting, fascinating holodeck experiences that you can't get anywhere else. They're, Nobody they has been are. able to replicate the Bethesda RPG because they're fucking hard to make. If uh, okay, any... so stop crapping on them. <laughs> hey, don't look at I'm me. I'm going to defend on one of the biggest <laughs> selling and most popular games. This is my hill to die on. No, I, honestly, I wrote a thing about uh, somewhere on our site about Bethesda and why they get a pass, and the it's just because not only do they yes they have bugs, but they're really interesting bugs. They they're they hilarious make, bugs. They they're make you the laugh. You're just kind of like traveling across uh, Tamriel, and all of a sudden you see a mammoth bouncing up and down on the horizon. You're like, what the hell? But it's memorable. Everybody remembers that. Of so course as long they as it do. doesn't it's hard great. crash and delete your save, yeah, right? then it's not funny a little less charming. Yeah, so. Yeah, everything's kind of coming. I, I'm not expe- expecting a lot of ton of a ton of big surprises. I feel like everything that ev- everything we is already kind of known. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest surprises might come out of Nintendo, but we'll see. Yeah, Nintendo, you never really know what you're gonna get. There's been many times where I go in saying, "Oh boy, we're gonna get everything. We get nothing," and then like, oh, "I'm not expecting anything." It's like, "Holy shit, they revealed everything." Well, here's and here's a juicy rumor for, that I've been hearing around uh, in some quarters, uh-huh. and take it for what you will. 
I'm hearing Fire Emblem for this year. That makes a lot of sense because they, God, they revealed that when, like back when they... Um... They revealed it last year. They confirmed it last year. Yeah. And if that's the case, then that just, uh, that caps off a really, frankly, just killer, uh, killer fall. Yeah. I would be so happy if Fire Emblem came out on Switch this fall. I am very interested to see what they've got. Um, I'm also interested in... Uh, I wonder if we'll hear anything about Shin Megami Tensei Five. maybe? Nah. You don't think so? Nah. 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 That's next year. You're probably right. And Atlas will probably be showing it on their own streams on their own time. That's true. They do that now, don't they? Yeah, as most companies do. But Makes sense. I would, I, I would be much more excited for Fire Emblem than I am Pokemon Let's Go. I am not excited at all for pokemon let's go actually well pokemon let's go we know what it is at this point we know what it's gonna be mm. okay that's fine um it's really for filthy meant- casuals it, it's <laughs> it's baby's first pokemon far. and pokemon was already baby's first pokemon <laughs> but it's, it's 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 very very it's it's newborn's first pokemon that's sweet yeah yeah Out pokemon wasn't accessible enough for you well here's something even more accessible because <laughs> you couldn't handle the most basic of basic rpg mechanics Yes, I know that Pokemon is much deeper than it looks, but the game is designed to be as it's designed to be literally played by seven-year-olds. Well, if like babies, and now they're going for like three-year-olds. Not even it. If all babies can do when they're out of the womb is grab onto things, it's like, well, here you go. Here's your here's a Switch controller. Have fun. Just swing. (laughs) Just swing it. You win. Anyway, I'm gonna play it because I mean, it might be fun to see a remake of the Kanto region, I suppose, but. Man, Pokemon Let's Go just does nothing for me. Well, it, it it is what it is, but if we have Fire Emblem and stuff like that, then give me you... Fire Emblem, I'm good. Yeah, I, I'm cool. Fire Emblem Fire and Emblem. Smash be Fire Emblem Smash would be a great one-two punch for Nintendo this fall. I don't yeah. think Metroid's coming out. No, we're we're yeah. not going to see Metroid this year. We might no. see us another tra- a teaser, but I don't know. I'm not counting. I, on I that. could see a trailer. Mm-hmm. Trailer, I could deal with it. Okay, Nadia, we have 30 minutes till the Ubisoft press conference. Oh my God, we got to hear this the, podcast. Gotta we got to get going. Uh, please check out all of our E3 coverage. We've got a lot of it, all the show times and everything. We're covering all of the press conferences. And then we'll be on the show floor checking out everything. CD Projekt Red is definitely on our schedule. Mike will have all of the information from that. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're right in the middle of it. We're in the thick of it. We so. Are. Uh, hold on, Nadia. Best of luck. <laughs> Godspeed. Hold on and, and don't die. Don't die. But we'll be back, uh, well, next week to just kind of recap everything that happened and discuss it all. And uh, yeah, and look ahead to the rest of the fall. But until then, Acts of the Blood God has been a U.S. Gamer podcast. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are sold. Follow me uh, on Twitter at the underscore catpot for all of my hilarious and cynical Twitter, uh, E3 observations. Follow Nadia at Nadia Oxford. And of course, US Gamer Net is our Twitter account for the main site. And there's lots and lots of E3 coverage on the site. Yes. But until then, for Nadia and myself, thanks for listening. And until next time, happy adventuring. <laughs>